calling to let you know that Carolyn is a, a candidate for a cochlear implant. It's May 2nd, 2019. I'm Andrea Schwabi, and this is my beautiful cyborg, Caroline. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Another, I'm doing well. Another podcast already. The next day. Oh, no. It's crazy talk. <laughs> Two in a row. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's time. It, it, after well, all that. And the whole thing is, we, we've been busy. I mean, there's normal life. There's the normal life and work thing. and cooking and, work and, and all, all those stuff. just that's life yeah. that's all life and then there's the big things that you kind of throw in between and then we're doing mentoring of people with hearing loss and, and things like that and don't forget all so, the listening that I like to do yeah the <laughs> endless podcast listening like eight hours a year a day so uh, the big thing that we're going to talk about today was the courage gala and so you need to recap what the whole courage thing is all about. And it all starts with the Glen Rose Rehab Hospital here in Edmonton, which is where they do the cochlear implant services. Right. So uh, each year, the Glen Rose um, chooses three or four um, patients to honor for their courage um, through their rehabilitation journey. And I guess because we were pretty public and, and we have this podcast and we've been mentoring people and things like that, they chose us to receive the Courage Award, which was pretty darn spectacular. Well, you also had a pretty spectacular rehab. You well, had a very unusual rehab, and that I was a big certainly deal. certainly did. And they, they credited us both with sort of your your progress and everything. Right. So what an honor. It still feels <clears throat> a little bit backwards. You know, it should be... Uh, it feels a little bit like we should be thanking them officially, which which I hope we do yeah. regularly. Oh, yeah. But what well, I mean is... The award um, isn't a thank you. It's a sort of, wow, amazing. And, and, you know, the thing about a rehab hospital is it's not all cute babies and stuff. So they need good, <laughs> story. You need good stories. And, yeah. and there are... I mean, every story there is actually amazing. Exactly. You just have to sort of mine for them because no one really kind of still knows it's there. I mean, we've lived here all our lives and our first actual encounter in 30 years of marriage with the Glen Rose was, was a cochlear implant. So Unbelievable. And all of the services they provide and just the vast array yeah. of rehab that they do well, there. Well, we've met people who have had children getting treatment at the Glen Rose and then they've gone to work for the Glen Rose and they had no idea everything the hospital did. Right. So there's, I mean, it's it's a bit of a mystery it's to people. It's full of secrets. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hospital of secrets. <laughs> so the, the Glen Rose uh, Foundation, which supports the hospital, uh, has a gala every year called the Courage Gala. And there's a theme every year and this year the theme was the colors of courage. So... Exactly. Take it away, Caroline. Oh, we we so we were asked to choose our color color of courage, and um, for several reasons, we chose bright yellow, and it's such a happy color. It's just full of joy, and and we always say it's the color of big bird and yeah, well, sunshine. We have, a, we have a big sunflower on the wall, you know, in in the bedroom. Like in it's our bedroom, hanging exactly. above the bed. It's a sunflower. Exactly. It happens to also be the it's color also- uh, that our manufacturer cochlear right. uses and so we kind of like yellow a lot anyway yeah also um you know it's actually known as the color of cowardice um but we've kind of turned you that yellow bellied right 
but we kind of turn that color of cowardice into a color of courage, just as we have experienced silence turn to sound. And so I'm quite delighted that we chose that. Plus, apparently... Uh, I've been told I look nice in yellow, so yeah, the yellow you, dress you that I wore. So the, is... the only unfortunate thing about a podcast is you can't see what Caroline was wearing because what you were wearing was go to the website. We have pictures up uh, Instagram, uh, my beautiful cyborg on Instagram. Holy cow! Like it was this. So we went to I Calgary. To we say, went to Calgary one weekend. Can I just say, Andreas? Yeah, I ahead. honestly, it is the most extravagant and beautiful piece of clothing that I have ever mm-hmm. owned in my life, including my wedding dress. It's this dark, bold, bright yellow with gold r- embroidery, raw, raw silk. Yes, with all sorts of detailed, hand detailed embroidery, and it's actually an Indian design. And so it has uh, long sleeves. And it has a mandarin collar, so it's actually got no décolleté at all. It's actually you're all covered up, all I over have to say, everything. I know, Every we're, inch. We're the talking only thing showing bit... is literally your hands and your head. Right, and I, I like. I know we're talking too much about my dress, but yeah. oh, I have to say, I felt like a princess. I really did. You looked like a princess. I felt like Cinderella, and totally. um, one of the things I loved about it was that. I could move around quite freely. I didn't have to worry about my bra strap showing or I didn't have to worry about showing too much leg or anything like that. Nothing was tight. And I still felt, you know, really dressed up. Yeah. And it was a very formal night. It was. And so for men, it was supposed to be, I hate ties. So men are supposed to wear tuxedos and I despise ties. And for some reason... Tuxedos with mandarin collars aren't really a thing anymore. It was in the for a while there in two, like early two thousands, you could actually rent a tux with a mandarin collar, and now you just can't. So I opted for something that was black, but I figured if you're going to wear black, you have to still be colorful. So the way to be colorful with black is to wear not something totally traditional. So I went with something totally traditional, which is called a sherwani, and it's an Indian one-piece jacket suit. So if you think to Star Trek The Next Generation and think about when they had formal events and the officers were wearing these sort of long coats, that's exactly a Sherwani. That is an actual Sherwani. Beautiful. And then it had this embroidered pattern that was on it. So it was sort of a black on black, two-tone, really neat thing. And then I had a scarf made that was bright yellow, the same color as Caroline's dress. Custom made, matched my dress perfectly. And you actually, there's a particular way to wear that with a Sherwani. So I had this thing draping over me. You were so elegant. And I have to say, very distinct. The honorary co-chairs, I think it's Nyla and Ali. Ali, yeah. They really loved well, they were just sort outfit. of like proud that we were representing and, were... and it was great i was i loved it and and the thing is i felt more comfortable and at ease than wearing almost anything else because literally what you i, I was wearing black slacks but normally what you wear under a shirwani is they're literally called pajamas Right. And and I and so literally it, it's it's like wearing pajamas. There, it's the it's most comfortable, comfortable thing and you look just totally spectacular. Okay, so we it got the fun. color we got the color figured out. We did the the other thing we actually told people, and this was a very particular reason that we went with Indian clothing, was that the largest population of hearing impaired people in the world is in India because it's the largest single population of people. Exactly. The largest nationality. So if there's a billion people in India, that means there are fifty million people with hearing loss. Right. And in so fact, you think we... about that. That's that's there are twenty million more people with hearing loss in India than there are Canadians. Exactly. And period. We have actually had at least two Indian hearing impaired people reach out to us. Mm-hmm. 
on my beautiful cyborg mm-hmm. through Instagram. And so that's kind of cool because we haven't had more than one person from any. Oh, well, maybe we oh, have. No, we well, had so, a few. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. No, it's neat. <laughs> Um, so that's the clothing part. What else? Let me look at my notes here. Uh, oh, our table. Our table was full of people we love. And the reason we had a table full of people we love was uh, because a friend of ours from Calgary who owns Topco Oil Site, and please look that up, Topco Oil Site, um, you were really just selling him a table to support the Glen Rose. Well, and he I've... ended up saying... Right. Absolutely. I thought he might be... He said... Fill the table, Caroline, please, with your friends and family. And uh, if there, if you can't fill it, I'll invite some of my staff. I was just a god. Yeah. What a generous. And the tables aren't cheap. Sweet thing to do. Well, and then he made another donation, just sitting there, put up his hand when they were asking for ugh, like he, just generosity coming out the wazoo. He uh, is one of the people who put his hand up to be involved with the Circle of Courage, which is essentially um, a minimum $1,000 donation. And you can do that several ways. But they actually raised like half a million dollars that night. Oh, yeah. That's a no, lot of money at well, one they're, event. Well, they're trying to buy a new driving simulator. Right. Uh, for people with, um, you know, if you've lost a limb and have a prosthetic, you have to sort of relearn how to move and how does driving work because you'll have hand controls and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, the one they had was not new. <laughs> it, was, it, was think, bit, it was dated technology for I sure. I think Jordan described it as a... Like a as bad a... 90s video game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was the other recipient that actually got up and spoke at the event and did a great job doing that too. So. Well, let's talk about our presentation. Uh, you know, I was so nervous. Why? Because <laughs> there were 800 people at the Shaw Conference you practice? Center. Uh, you know, I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> so I spent... A month, really, creating a presentation. It started off with, it's, it's the process that I always use for a lot of my creative projects, which is you start with hundreds of pages of stuff, and you distill, and you distill, and you go to the bones. You find the raw, key, and most important messages. So it kind of kept morphing as the month went on, too. Right. And, so, and But there was a good version, and then I was all rehearsed, because I'd been doing it dozens of times a night. And we but you, you were good, actually. Uh, you know well, what? You, you had lots of confidence. You went up and you just you delivered what you had to say in a way that was compelling. Like you actually, you know, it was good. I I think that there's a point when you're on the stage and you just look out and you might recognize a couple of people. And then it just feels yeah. like you're talking to 800 friends. <laughs> I should describe what it was like, too, because it starts off with um, three beeps and a silver button that sort of flashes on the screen. And the beeps are from a hearing test. And so we use that beeping as a reference point. So as we go from slide to slide in our presentation, the beeping gets quieter. And for the first three or four slides, no one really much notices. And then later on, they start getting quieter and you sort of, ooh, there's a little bit of buzz. Uh, And then you have your last deaf day and there are three sets of beeps that have no sound at all. And then one big bright yellow beep that explodes on the screen and you go hashtag deaf, not deaf. And wow, it uh, it was a pretty cool moment, to be honest with you. Got an ovation. Yeah. We didn't see it, but we... <laughs> yeah. yeah I, it's we so missed weird. it. Yeah. Well, we're so wound up that the second we were done, it was sort of, hey, let's get off the stage. 
uh, and and there was an ovation that was starting, and then it was sort of halting because we were just buggering off. Well, you know what? Not, it's a, you know, it's also... I should have put in the script actually: stay on stage, take a bow, <laughs> wait a minute, then leave. It was but... actually a very warm event. It was, and, yeah. And so there were a lot of hugs. It's and a, very feel a lot good, of love for sure. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of love. It's very feel good. Yeah. Um, uh, what else do we have? Do you want to, what do you want to talk about the decor and the drinks and the food? Because oh. everything was color. So the food was basically sometimes unrecognizable as food. It was just colors. <laughs> there was a, there was it a, was a plate blue, of color. There was actually like a blue, um, uh, me, uh, sorry, what am I trying to it was say? purple. Wasn't it purple? There, the dessert was purple. Oh, dessert anyway, was purple. The, each course had a different color. And then right. the lights kept changing in the room. So actually, my yellow dress and your yellow scarf yeah, went green, green at yeah. one point with the blue light. Well, and, and then it well, went they, super bright orange in the red light. It well, was the, it was so cool. I we, was laughing. We can't really speak to the taste of the food because we had to speak. Yeah. And our food was sort of coming last. We were as far as away as you could get we from the kitchen. We didn't get to eat much. So we didn't get to eat much. I got a couple bites. Uh, but it was crazy because when they turned the red lights on, you've got a red steak that is turning everything. I mean, they had a rose petal on the plate. It was yes. like steak it, and all the stuff. It was and, beautiful. Oh, it was, yeah. And um, I have to say, too, even the appetizers uh, beforehand. Oh, they were really good, and, actually. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the Edmonton Convention Center. They do a good job. Also, uh, I think the, the like the way that they decorated was very stunning. They even had these huge uh, sort of displays. They had like this artistic photo of us that yeah, was... Yeah, the rendering of our faces that is now in the hallway as you go downstairs into our basement. This seven-foot-tall banner is now the thing. You turn the corner and there's our five-foot-tall faces. It was so funny. The other day, the two girls from the Glenrose came humping up the front lawn with this huge Sega. yellow thing in their hands. Anyway, it was it was well done and well decorated and presented, and I'm, I'm really proud to have been part of that event. And people heard the message that it's not about hearing loss. It's about hearing. And exactly. that's, that's a message for everybody. Because we all, you know, no one goes to Foot Locker and says, I want to buy a pair of shoes. And then they say, so this is how amputation works. And this is how you get a prosthetic. <laughs> no, no, that, does, that, doesn't, that never happens when you go to Foot Locker. Right. So why, if you go to someone who's a hearing practitioner, do you always think the conversation's going to be about loss? It's not. And so we're trying to change that conversation. So that was really our first time that we talked about hearing as opposed to hearing loss. And getting an ovation and all the hugs, and you had lots of people come up to you and talk to you. I was um, I was actually very honored that people would uh, approach me. People and, share pretty moving stories. Yes. I mean, it's it's usually something like my mom or. Yep. You know. Well, actually, one of the uh, organizers of the event brought dragged her mom over, and her mom said, "I'm so happy to meet you. I've heard so much about you because her daughter suffers hearing loss, and and now she's going to actually think about." Uh, getting a cochlear implant, yeah. Getting into the program. Well, you know, it is so important to have those examples, and we're finding out through our example that that makes a big difference. So, you know, I probably should get my hearing tested again, but I don't really want to do this. <laughs> it is really stressful, i got to tell you. <laughs> anyway, um, back to the thing. Uh, so, we got the presentation. We got food. How, oh, uh, people that we had there that we haven't seen for a while, actually. Um, a friend of ours, Kurt... Uh, the week before the event, I think we it, found out we were we. It we was had no the more than ten days. It was ten days, <laughs> and so we contacted our friend, our, our friends, uh, Kurt and Jennifer. They live in St. Louis, and they were in Cyprus at the time, and said, 
oh man, we'd love to come, but Jennifer can't make it. I might be able to. And so we ended up having Kurt there. And he literally came Friday night, left Sunday morning, and just and came for the gala. And he brought his tux. And he brought his tux. <laughs> he asked, actually asked, from St. Louis, what could you bring? My thought was bring Schlafly's. Like, just bring a case oh, of Schlafly's. Yeah. I would love some Schlafly's beer. No. Caroline said, bring your tux. So he packed a tux, and he actually wore a tux. And, we, <laughs> and that's obviously a big deal. Because when he put his picture of him in a tux on Facebook... Even his mom Even commented. Even his mom was commenting. <laughs> so you got to know. So thanks, Kurt, for coming. Yeah. It was such a wonderful weekend. And, and we had decent weather. You had a really good tie-in with the title sponsor for the event. Right, exactly. Uh, so Unite Here, Local 47, were the sponsors of the event. And uh, I got to catch up with some of the old gang that um, I used to sit on the executive committee because now, I was Unite, a member there. Unite Here is a union that is uh, for hospitality workers, primarily up north. So in the work in the logging and oil camps, uh, the food the, the food preparation and cooks and room service people, it's that who they take care of. Exactly. Right. And so my former employer was under the umbrella. And uh, so I had, it was just great to catch up with, um, with Ian, the president, and several others that uh, were able to be there that night. And then I got to see some people from work. My old work. Your old work. At the work. Edmonton Oilers, I saw Kevin Lowe and Karen. Uh, and... They came over to say hi. They wanted to say hello to you after after the talk. They were just so impressed and and uh, proud. And yeah, it was just it was really very warm heartwarming. And yeah, it was really lovely. Um, you know, it's it's probably the best kind of feedback to you did a good job. And ultimately, that's our thing. Is also to, he's to known you for many many yeah. years oh, yeah. and has heard some of the struggles that we have faced. Okay, tip of the day, right. Simple. Mostly for guys. Mostly. <laughs> Most hopefully. Can you please, everybody, if you need someone that's hearing impaired to hear what you're saying, trim your mustache. Just trim it a little bit. Uh, make sure it's short so we can see your upper lip. And I know that's hard when you have a mustache, but it's even harder to read your lips. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because during the gala, Melanie, our audiologist, lovely friend Melanie, was there with her boyfriend, Nick, and they were doing their signing and... Everyone, it was neat to watch them because they have a way of dealing with hearing in a lo loud place and we have a way of dealing. And so you got to watch how we've each come up with our own strategies. Right. Anyway, Melanie turned to me at one point and started complaining because a bunch of the people, including one of the masters of ceremonies, had beards. And I didn't know that the sort of overhanging part on the mustache on the top lip, it's a fine line and then you just lose speech reading. You can't see the lips to read them. I've known that for a long time. I didn't know that. I had no idea that <laughs> beards were actually that much of an keep obstacle. Keep it just a little shorter, guys. It's really hard. I know that beards are in and it's, you But you've got to keep it off the actual lip because it's the, the shape of the mouth. You have to see the whole thing, including just that little tiny sort of top part above. It's not that tiny when you're reading lips, no, believe yeah, me. Yeah. It's like taking all the consonants out of a word. Like you won't know what that word is unless you have the details. So I need to see your upper lip if I'm lip reading. <laughs> so trim your mustache, please. Especially in November when everybody's got one. Just just keep them a little shorter. And if you come from fine northern European stock like me, you can't grow a beard or mustache <laughs> to save your life. So you wouldn't even dare try because you just look like a scruffy ruffian. Yeah. It's always You have a bad. beautiful smooth face. So. <laughs> like a baby's bum. Okay, we are done. Anything else? That's it. Thanks for listening. 